Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th of May. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the PowerPoint slides here and read our disclaimer in full if you're listening on a podcast on the World Wide Web, wherever you are in this beautiful world of ours, you can always head on over to marcustoday.com.au, see the disclaimer there, sign up for all the other goodies we have there. All right, well, another topsy-turvy night in the US, but some modest stability creeping in. Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell was confirmed, finally confirmed as the head of the Fed, and a number of Fed heads were out and about talking about 50 basis point rises instead of 25. 75 basis point rises, which calmed things down a little bit, especially towards the end of the session, but certainly not out of the woods, but uh, maybe some signs emerging that the U.S. sell-off into near bear market territory is coming to a smidge of an end. We also saw some slightly better uh, numbers from the inflation side of things with uh, some uh, producer price numbers coming out of the U.S. Uh, Wholesale inflation data not as bad as expected. But still, highly elevated levels. As a result of all this, the Dow Jones fell 104 points, or 0.33%. So still down, but not out. 31,730. The Nasdaq actually closed up 0.06%, but we'll take whatever we can get. Seven points, 11,371. And the S&P 500, as usual, in the middle for diddle, down five points, 3930 0.13%. Fixed index uh, coming off the boil slightly, only down 1.2.43%, down to 32. SPY futures showing a loss, uh, certainly on the open, I suspect, of minus 5 points or 0.07%, 69.11. But um, we may see a little bit of bargain hunting coming in today, a little bit of short covering ahead of the weekend. Of course, anything could happen at the weekend, and plenty is happening on the macro front at the moment. So uh, lots to uh, focus on, and we'll get to that in a minute. In terms of commodity prices, last night we had Brent crude pretty much unchanged, $107.45, still $107.45. Notice last night driving uh, back from uh, somewhere on the northern beaches, the petrol price had gone up from around 176 to 213 in the blink of an eye. So there's your inflation right there, people. Uh, the oil WTI price up 42 cents, 106.13, uh, 0.4 of a percent higher. Part of the problem, of course, is the US is struggling to produce more for internal consumption because it's trying to fill the gap left from Russian oil sanctions and embargoes in Europe by shipping its stuff across Europe. And why wouldn't you when European gas prices are at massively, massively high levels? We have a similar problem, of course, in Australia, where we ship an awful lot of our LNG overseas at very high prices, causing a deficit in our own market and therefore high prices in our market. It's called arbitrage. I guess at the end of the day, you will ship your stuff to wherever you get the biggest price. That is the way of the world. Gold last night fell 1.57%, $29.10 
18.24.60. The iron ore price also on the nose down 3%, $4.04. We did see that turnaround yesterday in our market. We did try and open, we were opened around 70 points, 80 points lower yesterday, rallied to around 40 points lower, which was a pretty good uh, rally in the scheme of things, but then it fell over as those iron ore prices fell over in Asian trade. And of course, that took BHP, Rio, Fortescue, etc., with it. So um, we'll wait and see how the Asian markets open today in terms of iron ore, but uh, potentially a little bit of a weaker start for our resource stocks. In other commodities, we have copper down nearly 3%, nickel firmed 0.13, uh, aluminium down 0.3, zinc down 3.6, lead down 2.1, and tin down 7.1%. As a result of this, we saw Apple, uh, not Apple, let's go to the commodity stocks rather, Freeport McMoran down 4.4%, Alcoa down 3.7%, Tech pretty much unchanged, Anglo down 4.6%, Glencore down 4.2%, Vale down 0.6%, and Arbamal in the lithium space up 0.2%, BHP and Rio both down in US ADR terms, BHP down 1.3%, Rio down 1.5%, that Aussie dollar. At 68.58, so still well and truly below the 69 cent level. And part of the reason why the oil price or the petrol price in Australia did leap last night is the combination of higher oil prices and that lower dollar, which just makes everything more expensive. S&P 500. Here you can see, I guess there's the 2:30 when uh, Federal Reserve Chief Powell uh, started talking uh, regarding his confirmation. The 50 basis point rises. Uh, Bullard also out and about, and the uh, Jerome Powell also remarkably candid in saying that the Federal Reserve had been way too slow to acknowledge inflation and move prices up. Does that mean they're going to be way too quick in moving them the other way? But certainly it was enough to push the S&P 500 back up, closing only down uh, five points or 0.13 of a percent. Stocks on the trot. Apple down 2.7%, Meta up 1.3%, Google down 0.7%, Microsoft down 2%, Amazon up 1.5%, Tesla down 0.8%, Netflix having a good night up 4.8%, US banks not really too much happening, we did see Citigroup down 2.3% and Wells Fargo down 1.8%, Block, the artist formerly known as Square, had a massively horrible day yesterday down 177 percent. Uh, we had block in the US up 6.4 percent. So that's certainly going to help some sentiment in some of those tech stocks today in Australia. Major stories last night. US stocks almost flat, but we did see once again that volatility. We had the Dow Jones had a high of 80 points and a low down 606 points. So another 700 point trading range for the Dow doesn't seem that much really when we've used to a thousand point trading ranges but still 700 point trading range still shows that the verdict is very much out on whether we have reached a bottom and more and more stocks giving back their pandemic era gains and retail inflows start to dwindle as inflation and interest rate squeeze spares uh, hits spare cash reserves and fed officials were out and about last night a little bit in henry's take today about that we're lucky that we only really have uh, Philip Lowe talking about interest rates rather than the whole of the RBA board. But of course, the US, a very different story. Everyone wants to get their face in the paper. 
or um, get their uh, face on TV. Uh, but they were out and about last night reiterating support for a 50 basis point rate hike despite holler than expected April core inflation readings. It's not just going to be one 50 basis point rise, though. Of course, it's going to be several, in fact, many. Um, so there is an argument for going harder early and crushing inflation, but they certainly seem to be crushing the market at the, at the moment. And also, the economy seems to be coming under some pressure. U.S. Uh, 30-year mortgage rates are around 5.3%. 5.3%. We're doing particularly well here, I guess. I think around 2.3%. Uh, strong U.S. household balances could prolong Fed's inflation fight. The ECB officials increasingly see rates above zero this year. Here we go. There's a headline for you. Inflation is rampant in the ECB area in the EU. Germany, 7.1% the other day. And they're seeing rates above zero. There we go. Now they're backing a July rate hike. Uh, the Bank of England's Ramsden says more rate hikes needed to tame inflation. Of course, the UK, one of the poster childs at the moment for rampant inflation and the GDP slipping negative as well. So we've got that wonderful combo in the UK. Stagflation brings back memories of the 70s and early 80s. The New Zealand inflation expectations rose further in Q2, adding to signs that the RBNZ will keep aggressively hiking. And the IEA, the International Energy Agency, issues strong warning about shortage of refined products. This is something that's been happening in the U.S. with those jet fuel prices up 178% in a year. The problem was the U.S. refineries, because no one was flying, uh, turned off the jet fuel uh, refining option, turned on the diesel refining option, and unfortunately it's taking some time to switch back over, flick that big switch to, uh, to change things. So that is hurting um, the, um, the price at the moment. Uh, Kiev shuts uh, gas route into Europe, raising spectre of energy crisis. And of course, those EU sanctions still, although uh, Ursula von der Leyen was very keen to, uh, to cut Russian oil and gas, uh, the reality is that there are many nations in the EU that are quite less keen for that to happen. And of course, we're also seeing uh, Finland and Sweden being mooted as joining NATO as soon as next week. So that uh, is not going to help Mr. Putin's mood. Shanghai continues to find COVID cases in the community, curbing hopes of an end to restrictions. And the Chinese cabinet said it will strive to stabilise the economy and use various tools to support employment. And the crypto crapto collapse as Terra Luna has dropped 99.7% in under a week from a record high of 120 in April to a low of 22 cents after its stablecoin collapsed. Although we are seeing a little bit of stability creeping into the crypto crypto market. Uh, Bitcoin, though, still down 1.3%. As far as what to expect today, well, we did get that testimony from Jerome Powell. So that has colored things a little bit. That has put in place a little bit of optimism, I guess, if that's the right word. Uh, we are seeing US futures not that much changed. In fact, um, a little bit of uh, negativity on those U.S. futures, at least to kick off our day. So looks like those SPY futures <coughs> showing minus five uh, could be a tentative start, but we might see some short covering and some bargain hunting around in selected spaces, especially in that tech sector, which got absolutely decimated yesterday. 6.7% down uh, was a pretty nasty, nasty move in our tech stocks, caused Block was one of the biggest, 17.7% down, but Altium also getting walloped yesterday. Uh, the S&P 500 is now destined to decrease for a sixth straight week. 
something it hasn't done since June 2011. And in the US, 314 Research said dumb money or speculative ETF positioning is nearing a level that could signal a bottom has been reached. OPEX cut its forecast for growth in the world oil demand in 2022 for a second straight month. Ten-year yields. Now, these were supposedly the things that triggered this concern in the market about these raising or the rising rates. Now, ten-year yields both here, there and everywhere, (coughs) excuse me, in the US, Australia and Germany have come off substantially. The worry now is not so much that inflation is too rampant, is that inflation is entrenched and the move by central banks to push back on the inflation is going to push economies into recession. As a result of this, we are seeing those long-dated yields come off as short-dated yields go up. So we're seeing some interesting moves on the curve. It's looking more and more like the roller coaster at um, Luna Park at the moment. Ten-year yields in the US, 2.86. Australia, 3.42. That's come a ways down. Germany, 0.83. Again, that's come a ways down. It was above 1%. Uh, in the last few days. So that has come way off. Uh, New crypto ETFs launched yesterday. There were three of them on what used to be known as ChiX, now known as CBOE Australia. My old friend uh, uh, Victor uh, is the man in charge there. He's the the chairman there. Uh, But uh, crypto ETFs had a pretty muted start. They didn't even get to a million dollars worth of trade yesterday. So I'm not sure the appetite is there at the moment for crypto crypto bearing in mind what is happening in the digital space. Question of the day today, what will be the sign for you that we have bottomed? I know most of you are going to say, because Marcus today tells you that it's bottomed, but uh, what will be the sign for you that the market has bottomed? Uh, Let's hope that it does it soon, but um, what will be that sign? Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group as usual. We'd love to have your thoughts, insights, and ideas over there. It's a fantastic group. Three and a half thousand members plus uh, helping each other. Members helping members is the motto there. So a very useful group, a very good way to get information as well, as we do tend to post announcements and things from the newspapers that are of interest to us and will be interesting to you on our Facebook group. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, you can listen to three other streams of consciousness, the Marcus Strategy podcast, which is the morning meeting, the On The Desk podcast with the team in Melbourne, chatting about all things financial that interest them, and my On The Couch podcast. I was hoping to bring an interview to you this weekend with James uh, Kirby from uh, L1 Capital, but unfortunately, uh, with some scheduling conflicts yesterday, we have been unable to. turns out James is quite a busy man at the moment because of all this volatility. He runs the L1 Catalyst Fund. So we are sitting down on Monday when hopefully things are a little bit quieter And we are going to be recording that podcast, and I'll be putting that up as soon as it comes in from the editor. That editor, of course, being me. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. It is Friday the 13th, so stay safe out there, and uh, may the trading gods be with you.